Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. So honored that you would spend part of your MLK weekend with us. I know lots of people are, are traveling and, and uh, God bless them all, but I'm just so grateful that you're here today. And uh, before we get to the, the word this morning, you know, tomorrow we are honoring, honoring, but really celebrating a life well-lived, Dr. Martin Luther King. And, and one of his quotes that uh, I read years and years ago is where he said that evil succeeds when good men do nothing. I'm grateful that Dr. King, who was a good man, did something. And his something was so significant and changed the dynamics of this nation. And the reality is, how many of you know that racism hasn't been eradicated in this nation yet? I don't know if it ever will be, but I know one thing that we're called to do as the church, and that is to push back against that demonic spirit and to pray and to love and to be unified Brothers and sisters, no matter what color you are, and I thank God for Dr. King, who really set the tone for our nation. I thank God for him, who today, because of his influence and what he did and what he stood for, we are in a better place. And my prayer is that it will continue to get better, Um, and that's what we're going to do as the church, so I'm so honored to be a part of that. Um, We are in day 14 of 21 days of prayer and fasting. Two weeks in, seven more days to go. If you haven't had an opportunity to participate yet, join our... Listen, I'm I'm starting something new today. I'm starting. It's called the seven-day fast. You can jump in right, right with us. Doesn't matter where you're at. We'd love for you to be a part of it. Let me just tell you, last two weeks, the reports I've been getting, I'm telling you, God is speaking. He's doing incredible things in people's lives, including myself. And uh, I'm so just excited for where God's taking us in this new decade. With that said, like Pastor Ashley mentioned, this Wednesday, every Wednesday, we meet together for an hour on the lunch break, 12 to 1. If you'd like to come, especially uh, during this time of fasting, come in for 10 minutes. Come in for 45 minutes. Come in for the whole hour. Uh, and let's pray together if, if you're, if you're uh, available. If you, if you can't, just between, in, the, in those 60 minutes, just take a break and, and say a prayer and know that your church is with you, okay? Incredible thing. Hey, also, a couple of weeks ago, we started a brand new series entitled Restart. Someone say Restart. Restart. We've really been talking about what does it look like as followers of Jesus to hit kind of the restart button in 2020. Start the year off restarting. You know, culturally, I mean, we're restarting all kinds of things. We're getting back in the gym. We're eating better. We're reading more books. We're pursuing our career in a deeper way. Whatever that looks like, we're, we're called to do that in our faith, too. And so for the, the month of January, we've been looking at our belief system, some of the tenets of our faith. We started out, because the, the fast started, uh, we talked about what fasting was and is. And we came to the conclusion in that first week uh, that fasting isn't necessarily about food restriction. It's about 
Jesus refocus, right? It's, it's about tuning in better with him. Last week, uh, I talked about restarting uh, our prayer life and, and, and how uh, we can go deeper with him in communication in this new year. And if you missed any of them, uh, make sure you hop online, uh, it, it, you know, all kinds of different online opportunities that you can connect and, and uh, cfan.church. Yeah, we have our, all of our teachings there as well, so you can catch right up with us. Today, I want to talk about restarting a life of worship. I want to talk about worship today, and not just from the sense of singing songs, not just from the sense of coming to a gathering, and, and by the way, was, isn't this a phenomenal worship team that we have here? It's just incredible, uh, the level of talent, but really the heart and passion for the things of God through worship. I love all of that, uh, and, and it's so important. Uh, scripture's clear about singing and rejoicing and the raising of hands and gathering together and doing that unified as uh, believers, but I'm talking more about a lifestyle of worship. Uh, how many of you know that worship uh, is all sorts of different things? Yesterday, we had so many people here eight hours a day serving food to those in our community who are less fortunate. You talk about an act of worship. Uh, generosity, uh, giving of your finances to the kingdom of God, giving of your time, your treasures. Hey, here's one. Loving your wife, <laughs> uh, uh, providing for your children, uh, being, being a, 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 a helper in your community, seeing evil and pushing back against it, speaking up for those who can't speak up for themselves. These are just just a handful of all these different ways that we worship God. In fact, we are created to worship God. He, he's called us to do it. So what does that look like, not only to do it, but for myself, for some of us in this room, how do we like restart that? How, how, do, we, how do we get that, uh, how do we work that muscle in our life in this new year? Um, 12 years ago, a tragedy happened in the Pacific Northwest. And our beloved Seattle Supersonics moved to a place called Oklahoma City. And I, I still, I don't want to talk about it too long because I'll shed a tear. Um, but, you know, I grew up in this, in this town and I, I love the Supersonics. I love basketball in general. And we're kind of in basketball season. And, you know, we, we, don't, we don't have the Sonics right now, but we're just going to speak that into existence. Bring them, hashtag bring them back. Um, we got that arena being built. We're, gonna, we're in good hands, okay? So just... Keep believing. Uh, but, so we don't have the Sonics, but we, but we do have LeBron James, okay? So you want to see excellence, just turn on the Lake Show, and uh, you'll see it. But I was watching the Lakers game a while back, and my daughter came in, and she sat next, down, next to me, and, and she was asking me questions. You know, oh, look at this. And I was, I, I'm just going to be honest. I was kind of not paying attention to what she was saying because I was just so enthralled. You know what I mean? It was so important for me to watch this game, you know? And after a few minutes, she grabbed my hand. Sometimes if I'm not paying attention, she'll grab my face and just move it right in front of her face, you know? And she was like, Dad. And I was like, what is? She said, I think I like basketball. And I think I want to play it. And one tear came down my... I was like, what? You know, I was like, my, my first poor daughter wants to play basketball. Lord, we need a scholarship for college. So 
bring it up. Um, but, but, but she said that to me, and you know what I did to her? I had my iPad, and I said, here's my iPad. Uh, Google all the rules to basketball and go into your room. I didn't do that, did I? I, I actually did quite the opposite. I literally just like scooped her up in my arms and kind of like ran down the hallway to the garage. She said, what are you doing? Dad? I'm like, we're going to go play basketball together, you know? And I went in the garage and there was that, you know, plastic Walmart basketball in the corner. And I, I scooped it up and opened the garage and it was pouring rain. And she was like in a t-shirt. And, and, and like, we just went out there in the driveway, it's pouring rain. And we're doing chest passes back and forth. And it, Ash yells at, hey, she's got to get a coat. And we're like, no, she doesn't. We're playing basketball, you know? And, and, and we were playing, and she's asking me questions and, and all this kind of stuff. And, 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 and it was just a beautiful thing because I saw my daughter not only wanting to know about basketball, but she actually wanted to practice it and do it for herself. And I thought to myself, man, what if I only would have told her, hey, why don't you go to the library tomorrow and ask your teacher to take you in there and find you a book on basketball? It's different when I, as her father participate with her, allowing her to actually experience, is the word, experience the game of basketball, my love for it, so she indeed, too, would fall in love with it. It's the same with worship. I'm going to give you some pointers here. I'm going to present to you what worship is and how it can impact your life, but then before we leave here, we're going to practice a little bit because it's a muscle that you have to work. And as you work the muscle of worship unto God, it not only is obedient unto him, he's called us to do it, but it changes you too. We serve a loving God who if he wanted to would just say, worship me, and that's it, right? Yeah, of course we're gonna do that, but he loves us so much that he responds and it makes us better too. That's what it's all about. And so before we get out of here today, I, I want to give you three things that worship does for you when you restart it in your life. All right, here's the first thing. Write this down, and that is worship restarts your context. I'll say that again. Worship restarts your context. You say, what do you mean? I'm talking about your surroundings. Worship restarts your circumstances in your life. Worship gets your eyes off of you and what's going on around you and puts them on the Lord. And when your eyes are on the Lord, everything changes in your life. I love what the psalmist said in Psalm 121.1. He says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? He answers his own question. He says, my help comes from the Lord. Friends, you gotta, you gotta get your eyes off your current circumstances. Your pain, that obstacle that seems to be so overwhelming in your life, and get them on him. And the way we get, the, get our eyes on him is through worship. It'll change everything in your life. A while back, I remember my uncle was literally, from the doctor's perspective, on his deathbed. And I remember I got to the hospital and went, it, was, it was night, probably nine o'clock at night. And I, and I went into his hospital room and there he was laying in the bed, all hooked up to wires. And there was my family, 20, rolling 20 deep or so. And we were all sitting around and just kind of like this 
these looks on our face. And the doctor came in. He kind of kind of thrown his hands up, and he's like, he's like, friends, I, I don't know what to tell you. We, we've done all that we can do for the night. And I'm just going to be honest with you as a doctor. I, I, this is like a 50-50 thing. Uh, I think we'll just, we'll just kind of know more in the morning. And he said, all right, and kind of walked out. I remember the door closing. It was dark in there, and our family was there. And there's my uncle in the bed. And it was quiet for about five seconds. And then all of a sudden, his wife, my aunt, woman of God, she said, well, we're not going to just stay silent like this. We got to sing. Oh, okay. What are we going to? And she looks at me and she goes, "JF, you're a worship leader. Come on, lead us in a song." It's put me right on the spot like that, you know. And I was like, "Okay, I've got to pull the pull the trigger here." And I just kind of went into, "What a beautiful name it is! What a beautiful name it is! The name of Jesus Christ, my King." What a beautiful name it is. Nothing can stand against. What a beautiful name it is. Name of Jesus. And, and, and my fi- I, I kind of watched, you know, some of his kids kind of, you know, who were just kind of kind of like, uh, they kind of came out, you know what I mean? And I, I, was, I was like, okay, what a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. And, and they started to join in. And, and I, don't, I, I, I don't even... I, I can't describe it to you and, and, and uh, other than the atmosphere in the room just began to shift. Uh, and, and what a power, the name of Jesus, right? You have no equal. You have no rival. I mean, we were just, we just went in, right? And I'm telling you, nurses were kind of, what in the world's going? They kind of pop, I, literally, there was like three nurses came in, were just standing there. I mean, they were just, they were just, there was like, like a moth to a flame. And we got to sing it. We probably sang for an hour straight. And something changed in that room. We got our eyes off the doctor's diagnosis. We got our eyes off the darkness that we sensed in the room. And we just began to lift up the name of Jesus through song. And all of a sudden, our context, our surroundings, our circumstances began to shift in the supernatural. And we begin to experience the hope and the love, and the healing power of the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you, that week, my uncle walked out of that hospital room, right? Because when you, be, when, when you begin to worship, it restarts your context. I've used this illustration before, but so often, we have what we call a big problem in our life. It's just like, it's, it's just overwhelming. And so often, because of our context, because of the scales on our eyes, we have this little God. Big problem, little God. And let me tell you, if you ever catch yourself in this scenario, I encourage you to just worship through it. What do you mean by that, Pastor? You want me just to sing the whole time? Sing some, yeah. But I'm telling you, worship through serving your neighbor, loving your family. You know what? I'm going through, I got a big problem. 
but I'm not going to lay in this bed. I'm going to get out of this bed and drive over to CFAM, and I'm going to serve food to those that are hurt. I'm going to, I'm going to worship God. I'm going to get in community. I'm going to read the word in community, in my small group. And look what happens. There's this inversion. And now, my friend, you saw a big problem with a little God after a little bit of worship unto him. All of a sudden, now you see a big God and a little problem. And, and, and you can work this muscle every second of the day. I got to do it. I got to do it. I encourage you. When you worship, it will restart your context. I love this passage of scripture. Ezekiel chapter 46, verse 9. We see this picture in the way the Lord orchestrated the temple and its worship in the Old Testament. It says, when the people of the land come before the Lord at the appointed festivals, whoever enters by the north gate to worship is to go out of the south gate. Whoever enters by the south gate is to go out of the north gate. What? No one is to return through the gate by which they entered, but each is to go out the opposite gate. I love this. Even in the Old Testament, you left that temple with a vastly different perspective just by physically leaving through the different door. God, God literally was saying, I want you to come a certain way. You're going to come in through into the temple with all kinds of stuff that you dealt with during the week. And he, he gives the Hebrew people, the, the children of Israel, just a, a very basic blueprint, a, a, a physical exercise, that when they came through that north gate or that south gate, they were going to encounter God. They were going to worship God. And after they did that, they were going to physically leave through the other door so that as they left, they would be reminded of who he really is. That literally walking through this one and leaving through this one, I leave here going, oh yeah, I remember who he is now. I remember what he can do in my life. And I'm going to leave here with a new perspective of that. Some of you have walked in here today and you came through the north gate spiritually. I promise you, I, I just, I, I'm prophesying it. Today you're going to leave this place through the spiritual south gate. You're, you're gonna leave this auditorium with a fresh perspective of how big he is and how small your problem really is. That's who he is. It will restart your context. Here's the second one. Worship restarts your cares. Write that down. Part of what worship is, is simply laying all your cares, all your burdens, all your worries, all of your concerns at his feet and realizing how he thinks about you. First Peter 5 verse 7 actually confirms what I'm saying here. It says, give all, say all. Give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. A few years back, some of you Seahawks fans can remember on that run to the Super Bowl, there was that one Monday night game where they played the Saints. Remember that game? They smoked them like 48-3 or something like that. No one remembers that. Anybody? Some of you are like, yes. It's okay. We can talk football every once in a while in church. It's totally okay. Um, but I went to that game. And I remember it was like two degrees outside. It wasn't that 
low, but it felt like that. Wind was blowing, ice storm. And I was with my dad who lives in Florida. That wasn't a good experience for him. Okay. Um, but I remember we were sitting up in the hawk's nest. It's like where all the real fans sit. You never sit down. You stand the whole time. You pay 300 bucks a ticket or whatever it was. Some friends gave them to us. So, But it's just crazy what people do for these games, right? And I've told this story before, but you know, it was getting towards the end of the game. The Hawks, you know, it's like it's, you could just feel the, the place was about to blow. It just explodes. Some of you have been to CenturyLink. And I remember they, they, they scored they score one, this one touchdown, and, and, and I'll never forget. I, I can see it right now. I'm, I'm scarred forever. A middle-aged man was so out of his mind for his team that he physically removed his shirt and proceeded to swing his shirt over his head, shirtless, screaming at the top of his lungs. And then his other two middle-aged friends felt so compelled to dump their entire tubs of popcorn on his head. And he was just like, give it to me! Go! I mean, just out of his mind. And I was thinking about that even this week, man. Friends, if, if, if we can do that for a football team, I mean, what? What can we do when it comes to the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Jesus, who scooped me out of hell's fire and put me on a place of purpose and assignment. The same Jesus who have healed some of y'all's marriages. Some of you sitting here, you remember what it felt like to be addicted to, sub, to some substance. And Jesus got a hold of you. And all the treatment, it was good. But man, something about Jesus is the thing that really sets you free. And when you think about that, you just can't help yourself but just scream at the top of your lungs. To, now, don't, no one do it right now, but I mean like... Maybe in your room, you just rip your shirt off and spin it around your head. I'm telling you, some of you are kind of laughing and shaking. You're like, Pastor, I know exactly, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly. And let me just say this. It's not on my notes, but the way, how do I want to say this? I'm going to say it like this. Depending on how you see the way that God has really moved in your life, 100% depends on how much you worship Him. What are you talking about? I have friends that I sit with over coffee who I your story. They've shared with me their story and they weep and they say, JF, if, if it wasn't for what Jesus did in my life, I, 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 wouldn't, even, I wouldn't even be here today. I'd be, I'd be a dead man. And I watch these brothers or sisters and how they, be, because of what Jesus did for them in their life, how they do their life now, literally just 100% surrendered to God a true lifestyle of worship, 
when I, when I see them gathered and we're gathered together and I look over and I, and I see them just, just full on worshiping God, I think to myself, the reason why they're doing is that is because they, they totally understand just how much the Lord saved them from. And, and, and when, you, when you get a, some of us, it just, we just need a fresh perspective of that. Just what he's done for us, how he's set us free, man, how he's healed us. Man, you, you'll, you'll, the, the only thing that you can do is go in. You know what I'm talking about? I'm telling you right now, worship restarts your cares to the point where you stop caring what other people think about you and your worship doesn't matter anymore because of what he's done for you I don't I don't care what anyone has to say about me or how I'm expressing my worship today it's because of what Jesus did for me in my life and I'm reminded first Peter 5 7 it says give all your worries and cares to God for he cares for you Psalm 150 says praise the Lord praise God in his sanctuary Praise him in his mighty heavens, meaning everywhere. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with the tremble and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Means it's probably going to be kind of loud. And then the psalmist goes on and he says, yeah, go ahead and do that. But also praise him with a resounding symbols, meaning bang it out and keep it up. Keep it going. Keep praising. Keep worshiping. Let everything that has breath praise. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Worship restarts your context. It, it restarts your cares. And finally, before I pray here, worship restarts your confidence. Confidence in you. Maybe, but really confidence in him and what he's able to do in you. I'm telling you, when you begin to worship him, you, you, you'll, you'll, you'll tap into what he's doing. And you'll have confidence that he can heal you. You'll have more confidence that he can heal your financial situation. You'll have more confidence knowing that he can restore your relationship with your daughter, your son. More confidence knowing that he is your provider. You no longer have to live from a place of scarcity anymore because now you have confidence in that he is Jehovah Jireh, that he's got it all and that he never lets his kids down. That is what he provides. But we have to be willing to step into this lifestyle, intentional worship every day needs to be a pursuit in our life. And here's the promise. Here's the promise. James 4 verse 8. What I'm about to, what I, what I'm about to read here, not every, not every faith's deity promises this to its followers. But this is what our God does. James 4.8 says, come near to God. He's going to come near to you. How many of you in 2020 want to have God closer to you in your life? I know I do. That's what I'm believing for. And, and not just to get a little feel good, because I need his power. 
for what he's called me to do and you to do, this church, I'm telling you, we can't do it on our own. We need his power in our life. And it's part of that is fasting, it's prayer, it's worship. Next week, we're gonna talk about baptism. I'm telling you, so, so good. Worship restarts your context, your cares, your confidence. Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.